Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. Thank you for being with us today. You are listening to An Artist Speaks, presented by Contemporary Art Gallery Online. Contemporary Art Gallery Online represents tomorrow's art giants today. Come visit us at ContemporaryArtGalleryOnline.com and there you can view and purchase great works of contemporary art. Check out our monthly art competitions and exhibitions, our blog and newsletter, view videos of our artists' work, and even listen to artist interviews from this show. Today, our guest is Patricia Sneff. Patricia studied art in New York and continued in the arts working as a fashion costume designer then went into theater production, film production administration, and broadcasting with the additives of painting and sketching and creating her own needlework designs during her free time. But photography is her main artistic focus. It is her passion. She always wants to capture the dynamics and or sensitivity of her subject bringing these subjects closer while projecting a mood or feeling which stimulates positive thinking and expands the imagination or presents raw reality. She is always in a learning mode and experimenting with new techniques, creating and presenting texture within or from the photograph is an important focal point especially with her wildflowers and treed landscapes. Along with certain developmental techniques, printing on special paper becomes an integral part of the composition. It adds to the literal texture, feel of the image, and intermittently she likes to paint and sketch, which she believes adds a special perspective and depth to her photography. Well, good morning, Patricia, and welcome to An Artist Speaks. Good morning, and glad to be here. Well, we're glad to have you, and let's start off this morning by having you tell the audience a little bit more about yourself. Well, aside from what you mentioned, um, I'm originally from New York, and I spent most of my life there, and now living on the West Coast. I'm uh, currently single and have a son who's an adult. Um, I enjoy being outdoors, but I also enjoy the dynamics of city living. Tricia, when did you first become interested in photography? Well, actually, it's been a part of my life. Uh, My father uh, was painting when I was a young child, and I guess that sort of um, stimulated my art processes. And then one summer, when I was about seven years old, I picked up one of his charcoal pencils and um, did a sketch of him in his favorite chair. And I haven't stopped since. Well, tell the audience your process that you go through in creating your art and starting with where you get your inspiration for your photographs. Well, that's um, a very difficult question to answer, but let me phrase it this way. Um, I create all the time. I'm thinking I'm always in a creative mode. Um, If I see something, whether it be walking in the street or out um, walking during a hike, 
uh, in the um, area surrounding uh, where I live, um, and I live fairly much in a treed area with lots of hiking trails. I'm inspired by what I see. Anything can actually get me to snap a photograph, but I enjoy doing people, trees, landscapes, especially my wildflowers. Um, I enjoy the wildflowers. They're very, very special. Um, They pop up just about everywhere. And in Seattle, there's loads of wildflowers growing at the side of the parkways, in between trees, um, various parks have little patches of the various colored wildflowers. And it's part of life. They're they're there, and they're swept in by the wind. The birds drop their seeds. Um, they just That really inspires me. It gives a, a very beautiful texture to uh, what I create. Well, then, Patricia, once you have uh, the photograph, and I'm assuming you take probably more than one snapshot of, of what you're looking to create, uh, oh, yeah. then what's the process you go through with that? Well, I take do take several photographs of um, the same subject, uh, various angles, uh, changing the lighting of the um, what I am photographing, uh, especially when I'm doing people, um, whether it be a street scene, whether it be a uh, portrait. Um, the lighting is very, very important with regard to that, even with the landscapes and the trees. And then I go through them, uh, decide which ones I really like, and then pull them out. When I look at the photographs that I've taken, I want to feel the texture of, and the mood of the particular scene. I know that I'm experiencing it when I'm taking the photograph, but there are certain ones that just jump out and express the mood of the whole scene. Uh, with the uh, one that um, had did win the first prize, the Colors of Seattle Autumn. I stood there for a few moments looking at the colors, and they just popped out. It was absolutely wonderful to see the pinks and the oranges and the greens just as the the autumn was um, becoming full full blast. And there were so much different types of textures in there. I wanted others to be in that to see it. Not too many people can see the various shades. Sometimes I'll, I'll walk through uh, on a hiking trail and just see a splattering of orange and a splattering of yellow and a splattering of green. But here it was pinks and oranges and some gold and then there was a little bit more green and then the earth was there and it was absolutely a wonderful feeling to walk through that path um, that I captured for that particular scene. Um, once I get the photographs open and on the screen, um, I use Photoshop quite a bit, and I evolve the photographs to say what I want to show. It's a very involved process. Um, trees, um, leaves, um, certain buildings uh, with the um, the wood or the uh, brick require texture, and you can see it in the photograph with certain lighting, but if you want to touch it, you have to add another dimension to it, and I do that with layers, and I use special techniques to draw out 
the texture within the uh, the image. I see a bark. Um, aside from the uh, various um, tonings and shades, I, I use layers, and within the layers, I texturize it. Uh, with some of my tools and make the bark and the leaves come out. So someone could look at it and say, oh, that I, I want to touch that particular image. And the paper, when I'm thinking about the image, I'm also thinking about how it's going to look printed. And the paper, as you mentioned in my bio, is a very integral part of the whole image. Um, the I use textured paper. And that gives an extra dimension to the photograph itself. So when you see it online, you only see you see various uh, colorations, and it does happen that when you have this textured paper, the color does change, and you can see the dimensional look. But when you see it in person, it's even more, and you're there at the the image. I do this with uh, quite a few of my pieces of art. Um, the uh, boat scene, also the water, um, is texturized um, to show that there's motion there. And it was a very, it wasn't a very calm water day, and I wanted people to feel it. And this all comes about through the texturizing and through the paper that I use. The same with the wildflowers. Um, they're not flat. They are, they're alive. They, they breathe. They're, there's loads of color. And the texturizing and the paper makes you see that, makes you feel the images as you're looking at it. On some of the other subjects, uh, such as my um, portraits and street scenes, depending on the street scene, some require texture because of the nature of the raw reality. Um, but with the portraits, I usually tend to do more uh, on the way of soft, soft features and have um, indirect lighting, natural indirect lighting to bring out the the person, the personality of the individuals. Well, Patricia, that's fascinating. I, I had never really given thought to the importance of the type of paper that the images are printed on, but that's uh, it's fascinating. Is that something you learn through trial and error or through some other means? Actually, when I was creating this with the, the various textures, I needed something to show it. I didn't want to necessarily put it on canvas because printing on canvas, you don't really get a matte finish. Um, sometimes it's uh, partially glossy, and I didn't want that, and I needed texture. So um, I looked at the various papers, and I felt that it needed more of a raw type of canvas. Um, I'm sure you've seen many paintings where the canvas is there and you can see the canvas, like the Impressionist painters. You can see the, the brush strokes and the canvas come through. And this is what I needed for it. So um, I had a couple printed on the um, textured paper and it was exactly what I wanted. That's very interesting in your art. Certainly, your images do do stand out. They they do jump at you. Thank you. 
I'm I'm hoping they do. I'm hoping um, when I do create something, I'm hoping that someone wants to be there, especially in my landscapes um, and with my um, some of my urban scenes and the um, the wildflowers want to sort of bend down and look at them, uh, or um, the uh, one that had um, the uh, colors of uh, Seattle autumn to walk that path. And to just look up at the trees and, and just feel the, the beauty of it and have a cool breeze with by and, and just enjoy the day. It's very important. Yes, it is. Well, Patricia, is there a, another photographer or an artist that uh, has inspired you in your work? Subliminally, um, I guess quite a few. Um, I'm very much into impressionist painters, um, impressionist, post-impressionist, um, and um, oh, a sundry of photographers. I've looked at them. Um, I've admired their work, and it stays with you. And especially if it's something that, uh, or someone that does it on a style similar to either the way you want to have some of your work look or some um, what you aspire to uh, could be able to create. Some of the photographers that um, I've enjoyed was um, Guy Glitz and Adams, Carrie Brisson, Avedon, um, Eisenstadt, Burke White. And looking at their images and every once in a while, it stays with you. Uh, the same with art. Um, I was a very young girl. Um, I was in New York. We have so many art museums. And in, when I was living in Chicago, the Art Institute is a wonderful museum. I would walk through them and admire certain techniques they were using, the colors. And I've been doing this for so many years. It's becomes a part of me, and I'm sure uh, when others look at the type of um, painters or photographers uh, that they admire, it stays with them, and you try to, when you create, it's there. Uh, You don't necessarily think, oh, I'm going to do it in the style of Ansel Adams, or I'm not going to do it in the style of Renoir, um, or I'm not going to do it in the style of Manet. Um, You just... It's there. You can see the the, um, the paint strokes, the colors, uh, the lighting uh, for from Ansel Adams and Steiglitz, and um, the dynamics of the in- image. And this is what I project. When I was sketching, I used to lean toward portraiture, and um, this was very much um, in line of you know how I thought, how I saw, and. Putting them all together, that's my how I treat my um, sort of subliminal mentors. Well, I find that also very interesting uh, in speaking with photographers uh, and ask that question. I think it's, most people would say, oh, well, they're going to name other photographers. But by and large, most photographers get a lot of inspiration from uh, the old masters and and the mm-hmm. colors at the and everything so that that is a very interesting fact to me so it is it's very important uh especially the impressionists 
uh, they were experimenting with techniques themselves and, and the play of light and the use of certain types of brushstrokes. The old masters, um, the lighting um, was very, very important, Halls and Rembrandt, and the smoothness of the, the paintings, how it projected on the screen. And it makes a photograph a pure photograph, more of a work of art rather than just a, a pretty picture. It becomes an art piece. Well, that is so true, and certainly your work falls into that category. You you have an excellent eye, and the detail in your in your pictures is just appealing. I guess would be a good word. Thank you. I'm glad you feel well, that way, and, and glad it comes across <laughs> that way. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Well, it does, and I know that you're trying to portray for your for the audience that is that is viewing your images. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, Patricia, I think this is a good time for us to take a quick commercial break, and then when we come back, we'll talk about the art that you'd entered into a competition with Contemporary Art Gallery Online and and talk about your winning piece. Sure. And I want to let our listeners know that you can view and purchase Patricia Schnapp's artwork by going to Contemporary Art Gallery Online. Click on the Search Gallery tab and then click on Patricia Schnapp's name. Contemporary Art Gallery Online is the number one source for showcasing tomorrow's art giants So if you're an artist seeking gallery representation, click on the Artist Member Corner and follow the prompts under the Member Application Process tab. And if you're a designer, an architect, or just a lover of great art who believes art can turn a house into a home, then come visit us and review some of the wonderful art created by some of the finest artists in the world. You can search by style, medium, color, size, and by the individual artist. And again, to view Patricia Sneff's beautiful art, just click on the search gallery and then follow the prompts to Patricia Sneff's name. Well, Patricia, you mentioned uh, this piece uh, several times in the interview, but let's tell the audience, if you would, a little bit more about the winning piece, which was titled Texture of Seattle's Autumn. Yes. I was at one of the parks uh, in Seattle, the North Pacific Northwest has magnificent um, greenery and magnificent parks, especially in Washington. And this particular uh, park has wonderful trees, and it was in autumn. And, of course, I have my camera there and with me all the time. I came across, as I mentioned, this particular site, and I was in awe of the colors. Um, It just was absolutely beautiful. I wanted to capture that moment, I wanted to present it to for everyone to see, um, not just me, but um, I wanted to make that to have someone walk that path, as I mentioned, and to uh, see the wonderful pinks and, and other colors that were in that particular uh, photograph or um, photographic art and walk that particular little trail around and just take in the whole mood. An autumn day in uh, Seattle is absolutely beautiful uh, with a cool breeze, but it's the sunshine 
uh, is there, and the color of the trees are just starting to, some have just started to change color, and these have changed color magnificently. Um, there was texture there. I had wanted people to uh, see the texture of it, and I wanted to capture that texture um, and touch those leaves, but I was very cautious not to ruffle them too much so they would drop off uh, too readily. But it was a beautiful thing, and I tried to capture it. Well, I think you Thank succeeded you. in that. I would, in looking at the, the image and stands out, uh, when we were doing the voting, we said, well, just look at all the colors. And, and But even more important was how each was defined in the image. Yes. Yeah. And the colors are real. Um it's I've never seen pink leaves. Um yes, they were pink. The other colors in there just highlighted them. I that was one of the reasons why I was in awe. <laughs> um <laughs> just stood <just> out. <laughs> not too often you come across those colors. <laughs> no, not too often. There are uh, other areas in uh, Washington that uh, when you walk the trails, especially on the Olympic Peninsula, you walk into almost a fantasy land. You uh, see images with the um, the growth on the trees, the the moss, the, the trees, the, the worn bark, as if it was something that you would see in a fantasy movie. Uh, it's real. <laughs> Well, it is definitely pretty. I've been to the Seattle area. It's a beautiful country there. And uh, the next image that you had entered into the competition, and your favorite topic is wildflowers. Yes, yes. Uh, It is a favorite topic of mine. That was taken um, in Seattle proper, and the flowers were just blooming the wind was rustling, and they just put a smile on my face. Uh, as I said, it's uh, amazing to see the, these colorful little creatures um, popping up from hillsides and with the wonderful colors. And there are the bees and the wasps are flying around and munching um, on them and getting their nectar. And it presents a, a wonderful feeling as well. And there's a lot of texture there. It's life, and uh, but life with a pleasant overtone. Image around you, and these little things are popping up all over the place. Um, and these are not really little; they're, they've grown quite a bit. It just puts a smile on one's face, and wanting to uh, perhaps even you know touch one. But the best thing to do, I wanted to do, was to get the texture feel of that. And that's, I used one of my techniques, or used both my techniques, the uh, texturizing and the, the paper involved uh, with that particular image. These images, uh, it's not just snapping uh, a photograph. When I evolve them, they sometimes take hours and days to finish uh, to get the effect that I really want and, and have the... Uh, another person look at it and just say, I'm there. I'm enjoying uh, looking at these uh, wildflowers and uh, seeing how amazing they are. And maybe I'll look for wildflowers elsewhere as I'm you know, driving or walking. 
one of, during uh, one of my uh, afternoon uh, walks or uh, during the hikes. Well, that's a good point uh, that you brought up, and which leads to the question: On average, in the development process of the picture, how long normally does that take you on, on one image to to get it the way you want it to be? Well, every once in a while, able to get it the way I want because of the lighting and because of the nature of the image. If I am not including special texture in it and I see uh, the scene, the composition that I want immediately, it will take perhaps um, an, a couple of hours to to finish up. But if it's a scene or an image within an image that I want to draw out and create for my piece, it can take from one day to maybe four or even five days to do it. Um, I do work on it several hours a day, look at it, um, make sure that uh, I have the texture. And some of the detailing is very, uh, how can I describe it? Um, it, it? It's very intricate. It's not just I'm going to use one tool. You have to be able to do something within that tool to get what you want to make it the way you want. It builds upon itself. I think the longest it, it took me um, was about five days because it was so intricate. And I would spend from, oh, anywhere from two to six hours a day uh, working on it, making sure it's right, stepping away, coming back. As in most art pieces, and, and whether it be a photographer, whether it be a painter, they will create a scene and they will do some work on, on their image and then they would need to step away, come back with a fresh eye and take a look and see if the colors are all right or the composition is balanced right. And it's a process, <laughs> Um, a definite artistic process um, involved in creating the, the finished piece. Well, that's very interesting, and that's a good point. Uh, I think people, a lot of people uh, that aren't artists, let's say, don't realize mm-hmm. that it's more than just taking a camera and taking a snapshot. There's a lot of, there is an artistic talent in creating mm-hmm fine art photography and, and it's it's an artistic process just as much as uh using paint and a brush. Yes it is. It's an, a way of uh producing the art image. Um whether it's instead of uh paint or a brush, they're using pixels and tools. Also with the film photographers, it was not all just snapshots and shutter settings. It was darkroom work, and the darkroom work and and the various processes involved. So they themselves used um, an artistic technique to create the final product. That is so true. Well, Patricia, we are getting near the end of the show, and one of the questions I like to ask our guest uh, is any advice that they would have for someone that's new in the art business. Well, new in the art business um, or wanting to get involved more into their art, um, there's a, a, a slight difference. But actually, practice, do the work continuously. 
learn about new techniques, experiment, perfect the technique that you like. Also, don't give up your day job. Um, Art is very subjective. A person uh, who will like an abstract may not necessarily like something that is very um, realistic. Uh, And a new person has to understand that. They cannot get discouraged. Um, They have to persevere. Um, They have to be determined. This is what they want to do. This is their love. And they will work at it, perfect it, um, learn about other aspects involved in showing your art. Uh, It's not only the creative process. There are other intricate parts of it, like the, unfortunately, um, the marketing of the art, the legalities of certain, uh, since we are now um, very much online, that also is an important factor when going forward. And the more you learn about it, the easier it will be on presenting your art and showing your art. Uh, But never give up, never get discouraged. Um, If someone doesn't like it, uh, like what you produce, someone else will. You should always remember art is subjective. Perfect, be determined, and continue to learn and always being in a learning mode. That's wonderful advice, Patricia, and I, I think you hit on a real key there. When you talk about, I call it the business of art. <laughs> there's a creative mm-hmm. side of art, and then there's a business of art. Yeah. And no matter how creative you are or how talented you are, the business of art is just as just as important, if not more so, in in the art business if you want to be successful. That's very very true, because uh, otherwise the only people who will see you uh, see your art. Uh, uh, people who come into your home, <laughs> um, if you want to, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, yeah um, and to bring it out there, one does have to know the business of art, and there's a lot of intricacies involved with that, and a lot of steps involved. And the more the person learns about it, uh, the better they are, as you had mentioned. Well, to follow up on that, Patricia, how much time uh, on average uh, in a week do you spend on marketing your art? Not enough time. <laughs> I spend, uh, I would say, about eight hours. I should really be spending more uh, than eight hours um, a, a day on marketing, whether it be putting it up on a website or speaking to people. I should really devote maybe 20 hours a week or between 10 and 20 hours a week um, on on marketing my art. Um, But that sometimes interferes with the creative process. And (laughs) it does. Not an easy process (laughs) to go from, okay, I just spoke about marketing my art. Now I have to go finish up my work. Oh, I think I better rest in between (laughs) and sort of get, you know, back into the swing of it. Um, There's a little bump or hiccup, you know, in between. But it's a very essential factor involved. Um, The work has to uh, get shown. Entering competitions is one way. Um, Going online, having a website, um, having your art shown on a website is another way. Talking to people about it, getting whenever you're um, at a function to uh, have a little business card 
um, with perhaps one of your images on it and hand it out. Oh, I'm I'm an artist, uh, whether it be a photographer, a painter, whatever. Uh, come visit my website, and by word of mouth, you know, people um, tell. Oh, here, um, I just saw some interesting work. Why don't you check out the person's website? Uh, the more people who know about it, uh, the better you are. Also, volunteering uh, at various uh, art shows, fairs, is also another learning process. It's also a very good marketing process where the people get to know you and what you do, and you're helping them and you're seeing another aspect of the business of art. Also, if someone is asking for to do something for, let's say, some uh, organization, if they're big in uh, volunteering or their certain charities, and they're asking for, we need some artwork uh, for our auction or for our brochure, would you mind volunteering doing it? And truthfully, it may take some time, but it's a good idea to participate in that. It's um, a good situation for the organization. Um, they have wonderful uh, original art, and it's good for the person, for the artist, so they can have their work shown a little bit more. Uh, the more your work is out there, uh, the better off you are. That is so true, and, and I can't tell you how many artists that I know that would that would tell you that it was their participation in some nonprofit venture where they supplied art for a project or for a group, and it led to real business for them. That's a that's a mm-hmm. very good point that you just mentioned. Yes, it is. It's it's very important. Is volunteering or even donating a work of art for an auction um, is an excellent means of um, either getting new business or at least introducing others to your art, uh, what you can offer them. Commercial art, though, is different than actual fine art. There are a lot of restrictions on um, commercial art. You're doing it um, for a, um, a client, and a client has certain specifications that you must follow. So it's a slightly different mindset, uh, I shouldn't call it restrictions, a different mindset. And you have to do it according to the likes and the specifications of your client. It's good. It's a good practice. If a person wants to go into commercial art, um, then they have to be aware that if they want to do their um, fine art, it may, it, they may have to do it afterwards. Well, that was very good information, Patricia, and some great ideas uh, for people to... Uh, ways for them to get their art out there. And I want to thank you for yes. joining us today on An Artist Speaks. My pleasure. It was nice being here and nice speaking um, on the program and meeting you. Well, thank you. I certainly enjoyed our chat today and we look forward to seeing more of your art on the gallery. Thank you. And it will be there shortly. And I also want to thank our listeners for being with us today. And again, to view Patricia Sneff's stunning art, to listen to this interview, and of course, purchase some of Patricia's art, visit us at Contemporary Art Gallery online. I want to let all the artists listening in today know that Contemporary Art Gallery online hosts a monthly art competition and exhibition. 
to enter your art, just click on the Art Competition tab at the top of the home page and follow the prompts and you can check out all of your upcoming competitions as well. And if you're an architect, interior designer, or a lover of art who likes to have interesting and beautiful art adorning your walls, then visit us at Contemporary Art Gallery online and view some of the most exciting original art that you just can't find anywhere else. And while visiting our gallery, we would love for you to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and our blog. So please sign up so you can keep up with all that is happening at the gallery. And Artist Speaks airs every Saturday morning at 11 a.m., so we'll meet again next week. Thank you again for listening, and have a great rest of your weekend.